I've had several guests on the show that talk about the importance of video, video marketing for your real estate investing business. But I think one of the things that was missing is somebody that's in the trenches doing it and is really kind of executing on, on the advice that, that these experts were giving. And so my guest today, Connor Kelly, is that person. Connor has a fascinating background and story. He got into real estate through real estate investing and is now a, a realtor. And he approached, you know, this whole new area of, of business for him with social media and video and has been incredibly successful, actually completing 57 transactions in his first year as a realtor, which is quite incredible. And, and all his activity in marketing focuses around, around social media. He's one of the first Canadian realtors jumping on TikTok early. And, and that was certainly helped propel him and get the success or help towards the success he had. So I think you're really going to enjoy what Connor has to offer in terms of suggestions and insights and ideas around creating video content. And, you know, the thing that I've taken away in particular is Connor said, it's, it's not a matter of negotiating with yourself, whether you're going to post video today or not, you, you've got to post every day. That sounds like a lot, but when you, when you get into here, what he's, what he shares, I think you'll be inspired to, to do that for yourself. So enjoy the show. Welcome to the Personally Brandtastic podcast, where we help you build your personal brand and business so that people can find you easily, want to work with you, and can't wait to refer you. My name is Paul Kopkin, and every day I work with real estate investors, professionals, and business owners who want to stand out from the crowd and attract more of the right opportunities without feeling inauthentic or spending all day doing it. It's all about communicating how personally brandtastic you are. Because marketing is how to get their attention, but personal branding is why they choose you. Now, back to the show. Connor, thank you for joining us today. Hopefully sunny, sunny BC where you're joining us from, but uh, kind of fascinated by your story because you started off in, in the trades as a, as a Red Seal plumber. So tell us how you kind of transitioned from being a, a trades plumber and into real estate. Yeah, no, it's actually a beautiful day out here. It's almost too hot. It's been like 30 degrees for the last seven days in a row now, and it's, it's getting a little bit too hot. It's hard to get to sleep at night, but anyways, it, yeah. So I was a red steel plumber for like nine years and I just found that like, honestly, like it was a great job. I made good money doing it, but I did not enjoy it at all. I was not passionate about working with my hands. My dad was a mechanic. He always wanted me to come outside and like help him with cars and stuff like that. But I'm just like, I'm not a, I'm not a car guy. I don't get anything from it. Right. Like I don't like, and like putting pipes in a wall, like there's nothing exciting for me about it. So I wanted to get out of that. And then I kind of started making my my plan to get out of it in probably late 2019. And then what ended up happening was as I was making that plan to, to get out of it, I stopped drinking, stopped smoking, stopped everything was completely sober, was 100% focused on I need to get my real estate license. Because at this point, I was always passionate about real estate because I had been researching real estate. I owned two investment properties. Okay. And I figured that was my, my long-term goal was like, I'm going to accumulate all these real estate properties and that's, and that's how I'm going to get out of doing plumbing. Right. And what ended up happening was in early, actually mid 2020, Bitcoin and everything was taking off. So I'm like, all right, I need to get out of my job. I'm going to take a risk here. I put 10 grand line of credit into some, you know, altcoin and it went up to 80,000. I pulled it out and they actually, they actually, like, oh, congratulations for, for doing yeah. it at the right time. I know the timing was perfect. So I, and actually when I pulled out my money, I ended up doing, it went up 
another 3X from that point. So I could have made a lot more, but whatever. I was happy with that 80,000. That allowed me to have a cushion so I could quit my job. So I quit plumbing full-time, went into real estate right off the bat. And, you know, I, I always, I heard somebody say somewhere on some other podcast that humans rarely perform unless it's out of necessity, right? So that basically means you're not going to do anything unless you absolutely have to. This is why everybody's homework got done the night before it was due, right? So right. I went into real estate full-time backs against the wall and just made stuff happen. And, you know, the social media thing took off for me really, really fast. And I ended up doing 57 transactions that first year in real estate. Whoa. Wow, that's amazing. And, yeah. and why social media? What made you immediately kind of look at that as a, a channel to, to double down on? I just saw it working for so many people. Like Gary Vee has been talking about it forever, right? Like Gary Vee has been talking about it for like two decades now, right? Like pretty yeah. much since the inception of social media, right? But so I, and I listened to a lot of Gary Vee, but I also looked up to guys like Graham Stephan and Meet Kevin and everybody on the Bigger Pockets Real Estate podcast was a realtor. And it just, to me, it seemed like the natural progression. I was like, I wanted to be like, you know, like Meet Kevin, right? Like I wanted to, I wanted to do what he did. I wanted to be an influencer. I wanted to invest in real estate because he started off as a real estate investor. Now he talks about the economy and stuff all the time. But in the beginning, he was just talking about buying properties below market value and renovating them. And I was, that's what I wanted to do. But I also wanted to go on YouTube and talk about doing it. Right. So I was like, I'm going to get my real estate license. I'm going to start putting out content because that's my long term goal. I want to be like these guys. And then it took off really fast because I was talking about Canadian real estate investing. And there's just not a lot of content about Canadian real estate investing, especially on TikTok at that time when I was using it. There was nobody like I was the only one talking about it at that point, though, and the way I was talking about it. So it took off really fast for me. Even today, like there's like all the content on real estate investing is still mostly American content, mm. right? So, yeah. So, so that's, that's interesting that, that you say that because I, you know, I can think of real estate investing channels, but probably typically they're either on Instagram or YouTube. Yeah. But what, what made you kind of look at TikTok and decide that that was going to be was it because of the target market and who was on hanging out on TikTok that you thought, you know, is that your target market for the realtor side of things? Young, no, probably younger so demographic. I think that's a misconception about social media is that the target market really doesn't change too much from platform to platform. There's a good mix of, of people on every platform. But the reason why I got on TikTok was because Gary Vee was talking about TikTok. He was talking about it. It used to be called Musical.ly. And it right. literally used to be a dancing app for 17-year-olds. Like, that was the purpose of TikTok, like, when it first came out. And then it started evolving, right? But the reason why I got on there was because the reach at that point was the easiest way to get the most amount of people to see your video. And the reason why that happens is it's basic supply and demand. Just, like, everything goes back to supply and demand, right? But when TikTok came out, all of these people who wanted to consume content downloaded TikTok and went on TikTok. But all of the creators who were successful on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and all these other platforms didn't feel like switching over to TikTok to learn this platform, to put their content on this platform. And that creates a, a supply-demand imbalance where you have all these people consuming content and very few creating it. And that way, if you're a creator, it's way easier to show up on somebody else's feed, right? So in the beginning, there just like there was maybe two other realtors in my market who was using TikTok consistently. And then it was just a wide open, what do you call it? A blue ocean strategy. I don't know if you've read that book, but that's yep. basically what it was at that time. Right. So people listening to this, the real estate investors, other realtors, at, you know, the, 
I've had several people on the, on the show over the last couple of years who talk about video marketing, but they're talking about it from a operational point of view. You know, they help people put videos together, but what's your advice to somebody that's thinking, okay, I, you know, I finally hear it. Video is the way to go. Even though, as you say, it's been, Gary Vee's been saying it for the last two decades. Yeah. What are the first couple of things that you would recommend somebody do when they're starting to think about, okay, I'm going to start following, you know, your advice and, and start yeah. putting videos out there? Well, so this is a thing, right? And obviously, Paul, you understand this. This is why we're on this podcast is that getting your video out to people so they can see it is only going to get more and more difficult as time goes on. It doesn't get easier, right? Like eight years ago, if you just posted a picture on TikTok, 10,000 people would see it, Right. right. It's only going to get harder and harder and harder as more people and more businesses realize how easy it is to scale on social media, like how easy it is to get leads for free on social media. And I think it'll get to a point where it'll almost all be kind of paid to play or very, very hard to grow organically, right? But the first thing is you just got to start, man. Like the problem is people aren't consistent. They post one video then they're like, oh, I don't have, I can't think of anything. I'm not going to post today. And then they miss a day, they miss two days, then they post again. Like it needs to be done every single day and you can't be negotiating with yourself whether or not you're going to post today. Like the, the, the philosophy is I'm posting today and watch the content magically happen. You'll magically get an idea for content if you just go into it with the ideology that like I'm posting today no matter what. But like you said, right, there's a lot of people out there right now teaching like, oh, use these hashtags and use this hook. And this is how the algorithm works to get more views. And the reality of it is like, for the most part, the easiest thing you can do to be successful on social media is have a long-term mindset, but focus on you. You need to make you better, right? Like if you look at all the people who are super successful on social media, the Alex Hermoses, Patrick Bet Davids, Brad Lee's, like what's his name? Ryan Pineda, all these guys that are super successful. They were already dope before they got on social media. They were already making millions of dollars. They already had all this knowledge and information, right? So a lot of it is, is like people aren't going to listen to you unless you give them a good enough reason to listen to you, right? And a lot of times it's the way you look, the way you talk, the knowledge that you have. You have to be some type of like an authoritative figure in that space. They might see your work ethic. They might like your personality, but they have to admire something about you, right? So the easiest way to grow on social media and close business on social media, algorithms, hashtags, all that stuff is secondary to the person who's actually on the camera filming the content, right? right. So that's interesting you say that because initially you wouldn't have had any of that. Or, or, well, at least, I mean, personality or, you know, maybe you're spending a lot of time researching, but what did you first kind of put out there as content that you thought maybe something? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, that's that, that's a really good question. I oh, let me this. I uh, I had been spending a lot of time researching real estate and listening to the Bigger Pockets podcast, and a lot of the stuff that they talk about wasn't really transferable to Canadian real estate. So, I just started talking about like if you watch a lot of Canadian real estate investing, a lot of it is just like, oh yeah, buy this condo, and then in five years the price will be higher, right? <laughs> like nobody really goes into like depth of like economics and what happens and all this stuff. So I just took that like that those in-depth kind of talks about real estate investing. And I just started putting that out myself on TikTok where nobody else was doing it. And then it's just something fresh that people had never really seen before. 
And I've even had people say to me like, oh, you're like the meat Kevin of Canadian real estate investing. I was like, yes, that's wow. exactly what I was trying to do, right? So like, not that I want to be meat Kevin, but it's just a, it's a fresh and different perspective is what I was just trying to bring. And because I had spent so many hours into researching this stuff, people could tell that I knew what I was talking about, right? That, and that's interesting that you you did that because I would imagine as well, you probably interpreted it your way and just put yourself right in front of a camera and said, this is how I'm seeing it. And that hundred percent, probably that authenticity was also what, what came through that people started to go, Hey, he's just a guy like me he used to be a plumber. He exactly. And I love the way you, you said that because that's exactly what I tell people to do. Right. A lot of people are like, Oh, I don't know what content to make. Well, you don't need to make any new content. You don't need to come up with this philosophical like ridiculous Marcus Aurelius quote. Like you just need to take something that other people are already saying, a concept that somebody else has presented to their audience and then repackage it and explain it to your audience the way that you understand it, right? Because they might appreciate the way that you present that information. They may resonate with them. It might take better than the way that the other person presented the information. Because a lot of these content creators today, they're all just saying the same thing. They're just saying it their way. Right. Yeah. But my old business coach always used to say, there's nothing new out there. It's, exactly. It's, it, it's either interpretation or your, cause I mean, you even look at, you know, you mentioned something, you know, people like Hormozy, a lot of what he's presenting, you've heard, or you could have heard 20 years ago from Brian Tracy or, or whoever, but he has taken it and packaged it for today's market for a particular market and for a particular target audience who say, Wow, you know, I'd never thought of it that way. And I even exactly. find myself I even find myself watching his stuff and going, okay, well, I knew that, but I didn't think of it that way. Exactly, think, right? right? And, and like it's, it's it's sometimes it's just the way something is said to you really clicks and it really stays with you, the way that somebody says something. And those are going to be the creators that you just consume all the time because it's just like, I don't know the the way this person says it, every everything that they say it just resonates with me so much and it, it makes, it changes my perspective. They have the power to change my perspective on something. And if you can do that to people, then, then you're going to have influence over their actions, right? And that's how you sell homes to these people is because, well, I changed your perspective on something, right? I have influence over your perspective, right? Because there's a lot of people out there that get views and likes and whatever. But if you don't have the ability to actually influence your audience, then they're not going to buy anything from you. Right. And how has your content creation changed since you started in, in 2019? What are you doing differently now? How are you approaching things uh, differently? Yeah, that's another good question. I've hired an editor, so I put out more polished content these days. When I started, it was just super raw with my phone, no editing, no mic, nothing. I've tripled down on the content creation, so I do way more quantity, way more volume. And I've started a YouTube channel that's three videos a week. And for the most part, it's just gotten better, I guess. Just understanding how to change things up, not always being in one place. Some days I shoot a video in my car. Some days I'm walking in a park. Some days I'm on a podcast. It's changing it up so your feed looks a little bit engaging, so your content is easier to consume and stuff like that. It's just small tips, getting 1% better every single day as you put out quantity, it's just gotten more polished, basically, I would say. And are you finding that the, you know, the one minute format 
vertical is the way to go? Or are you finding that longer snippet or longer videos are also having some effect? Long form is definitely the best way to go. All of my successes come through short form, but I do believe that long form is definitely the best to uh, influence an audience. It's just a lot harder to grow a bigger audience with long form, right? So it's, I would say, you know, start in short form, get rid of all those fears and work out the kinks in short form. And then after you've been doing that for a bit, then start doing the long form. Then it's a lot, it's a lot easier to do the, the long form once you understand how to come up with the content because it's a skill, right? So it's like, right. it's like cold calling or doing anything else or podcasting. The more you do it, you start building that skill of thinking what content is and how to create it. And like, like now I could probably shoot 20 videos a day if I wanted to. I don't. I shoot like five or six. But I could shoot 20 because it's just like I know what content is now. It's, I don't have to think about it, right? What, what advice do you have? You mentioned the word, get rid of those fears, or you said that. What advice do you have for somebody that says, oh, you know, I, I have a face for radio, or I shouldn't be on camera, or, you know, or they're second guessing themselves, I guess would be. Yeah, I got some really good advice for that, right? Okay. So people, people I, I always say this one, people hate the way they look and sound, and that's why they don't, they don't post content. Like, oh, I hate the way I look in that video. I hate the way right. I sound in this book. But that's the way you look and sound. You look and you don't just look and sound like that on video. You look and sound like that in person too, right? So just <laughs> accept it. You know what I mean? Like right. the, it, whether you post a video or not is not going to change how you actually look and sound. Like, like nobody sees you in video and goes, oh my God, that person's so ugly and they sound so stupid. And then it's like completely different in person. You know what I mean? So I would just don't even worry about that. Just accept that that's the way it is. Get over it. Put the videos out right? And try to get some business from it. And a lot of it too is like people are so people, one of the biggest things I guess is people are more so worried about the people they know kind of talking behind their back about them when they first start creating content, right? right. But the reason why that happens is because everyone has a version of you created in their head. And then the second you start doing stuff that's incongruent with that version of you that they've created to them, it's like, oh, you know, Paul's being inauthentic. Why is he posting on social media all of a sudden? That's not Paul, right? But then after you've been doing it for two or three months, they just recreate that version of you in their head. And then it's, it's normal now. And then there's really no reason to talk behind your back about it, right? right. So just accept that that's the way you look and just start putting out the videos and, and people will change their outlook of you. Good advice. I like that. So you mentioned YouTube, you mentioned TikTok. Have you looked at threads? Have you started to kind of, as we're talking, just for context, as we're recording this, Threads has been launched by uh, by Meta. It's been out, I don't know, two, three weeks, and they've got over 100 million users already. Is it a channel you've looked at or that you're experimenting with? Yeah, I was posting a ton on Threads until the app glitched, and now it just doesn't even work for me anymore. And I posted like four tickets about it, and I can't seem to, I've uninstalled it, I've tried everything, I can't get back on the app, but... I would say, yeah, it's probably a good idea to get on there and claim your space on that platform while the reach is is probably good, right? Like what I what I was doing was I was posting. So what I do for my content is if I get an idea, I, I open up my notes in my phone and I write down that idea in point form and then I'll shoot a video about it later. So what I started doing was I just make that idea public on threads. So I just post that idea right on threads. And then at least I get some extra reach for that idea that would normally be stored offline and then shoot a video about the thread later on. Right? Oh, so you actually post it as text on thread. Exactly. Uh, oh, interesting. And, and yeah, do you so, get, 
Were you getting response back? Were you getting input or engagement? I was, yeah. It was going pretty well. I was getting mm. shares and people were liking my stuff. And then now I can't get back on the app. So I don't know. What, you know what I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying hearing from you is you're not stopping yourself, Connor. You're, you're kind of just saying, yeah, okay, I'm going to give that a try or I'm going to try that. And, and would you say that's kind of your approach and that's what has also led to your success on, on this is that you, you haven't limited yourself. Exactly. And that's, and that's what, what entrepreneurship really is, right? You're, you're walking down the, the foggy road and the further you walk, the more it gets revealed, right? But you can't, you can't see five steps in front of you until you walk two steps, right? So you just got to keep trying stuff. Right. And, and it, when you're talking about video and format, uh, you know, things like subtitles, all that kind of thing, is that, you know, the, the I'm just going to say the Alex Hormozy type style, is that what's working right now and seems to be getting Definitely. traction? Right. Yeah. That, well, actually on TikTok, my videos without subtitles do a lot better. So like ones that are super raw, for whatever reason, do really well mm -hmm. on TikTok. But on Instagram, you got to have the subtitles and the music and all the captivating stuff. And because it's all about watch time, like the algorithm is basically, it's like likes, comments, none of that stuff really matters. I think it does on YouTube, but on short form platforms, it doesn't. It's basically all watch time. What percentage of the video is the viewer watching on average? And then based on that, the algorithm will decide to show it to more people. So by adding subtitles, music, anything that can keep the viewer engaged for a longer period of time is going to increase that watch time and get your video more reach, right? Right. And where do you see this going? Where do you see, you know, if, if you and I are sitting down in a year's time or three years time, where, where do you see social media and, and uh, video content? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think it's going to get a lot harder to, to think about it this way. Like, you know, way back in the day, you know, somebody thought of flyering a house, right? And those flyers probably worked like insanely well when you first started flyering or even like an email, right? Like when email first came out, you could probably send an email and your like open rate would be like 90%. Now it's like 10, it's like 5% because it's so saturated. There's so much spam email. There's so much of everything. The same thing is going to happen. Like right now, only I think it's 1% of the population is a, a creator. The only 1% is actually creating on these platforms and the 99% is consuming. That's likely going to grow, right? And as it grows, it's going to get more and more competitive to show up on other people's feeds. You might have to pay a lot of money to actually boost and start your channel later on because it might just be so hard to get that organic reach or get onto a podcast like this to get into somebody else's audience or something like that. Like it's, it's definitely not going to get easier. It only gets more difficult. And you know, a lot of people that are starting to create content right now are going to be big names in five, six years, right? They're claiming their space in the, you know, it's like, it's like real estate, man. You're, you're like getting a, a piece of digital real estate. You're claiming your space within the algorithm. Hey, this is my space. This is who gets to see my videos. You know what I mean? Okay. That, that makes total sense. And, and are you finding that your subscribers are growing organically or are you taking action that is growing your, your subscriber base? Are you doing things that are proactive around that? A little bit of both. Like my TikTok grows organically. My YouTube grows organically. Instagram is very, very difficult to grow organically. So what I try to do on Instagram is just merge with other creators as much as I can. Try to try to shoot videos with other creators, try to get on podcasts with other creators so we can kind of branch off each other's audiences. 
Hmm. And that's probably the easiest way to grow on Instagram right now. But I've never spent a dollar on my social media marketing. Like everything has pretty much just been organic since day one. Right. It, and funnily enough, I, I was having a conversation with somebody this morning about threads. If we just touch back on threads for a second, because of its connection to Instagram, they were saying, look at Instagram now. And that is what threads will be like in two or three years time. At the moment, they said it's so clean. There's no ads. It's, it's kind of open land, if you like, if we use the real estate analogy. But initially, you know, eventually there's going to be, there's going to be barriers. Totally. There's going to be challenges. So exactly again, another reason to jump on these channels whilst 100%. there's still opportunity. Right. And so if somebody's listening to this, Connor, and they're saying, okay, Monday morning, I'm going to start first video. What, what are the two, three things that you say, go do this? Start with one platform. TikTok works really well if you have a local business because the way TikTok's algorithm works is it pushes your content out based on your IP address. So it shows it to people closest to your IP address based on how it's received there. Then it'll push it out. So it's amazing for realtors, realtors, any local, realtors mortgage brokers, any local service-based business. It is unreal. It is unbelievable, right? Like I get recognized most places I go now just because of my TikTok. Like it's wow. that powerful because it's like, I only have 30,000 followers on there, which in the big scheme of things, isn't a lot of people. Like most creators these days, like a hundred thousand is like, you know, average for like a well-known creator or whatever, but that's 30,000 people in my local market. That's the thing, right? Like that's a lot of people in just this market, right? So it's very powerful for that. You know, I would say start with maybe just TikTok, figure it out, start putting out videos every single day. I have agents on my team that have done deals through TikTok, brand new agents that have, you know, less than a thousand followers that have sold homes off of TikTok. And if not that, right, Instagram is a very close second because I look at Instagram as a retargeting platform, right? So you might be more comfortable just posting every day on Instagram, make sure you're posting on your stories, one post on your feed a day, and then you're retargeting your family and friends every day. And you will for sure sell homes uh, if you just post on Instagram every single day and retarget everybody you know, right? So, I mean, my, my whole thing was like TikTok gets my wide, it's like brand awareness. That's your bus bench ad. As many people as possible is going to see you there. But hopefully they come and follow me on Instagram so I can retarget them every single day too, right? Right. I love that. It, I love your analogy, the bus bench. That's, that's, yeah. uh, that's a great way to look at it. <laughs> realtors listening will, will immediately uh, connect the two. Yeah. yeah. And how important are you finding what you write that accompanies the video, the text that goes with it? Is, it, is that vital? Are the hashtags important? What, what are you finding? On Instagram, I, honestly, I, I don't think it's very important. On TikTok, it is because TikTok's moving more SEO-based, kind of like YouTube where they're going to use text, captions, whatever, like whatever transcribing the video, what you said in the video to actually place your video in the algorithm. And then later on, they want to make it so like people can actually search for content on there, right? So everything kind of matters on TikTok when you post a video. Instagram, I, I don't think the hashtags or the text, I don't think anything matters on, on Instagram. I think it's just, I, I haven't sure. figured that algorithm out, to be honest with you. Right. It, it's funny, I did, I mentioned... I've had some video marketing people and there was somebody on just recently and they said, if you had a video on YouTube and a cat happened to walk in the background and a lot of people engaged with that video, 
the algorithm and the AI then takes that into account. So it then looks for your other videos and says, is a cat in there? And things like this, it's That's just like, why, it's wild what they can analyze. It's insanity. It's, it's not just the text, it's the visual stuff. It, everything, everything matters. It's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So a couple of questions, Connor, I like to ask guests before we kind of wrap up and let people know how they can find you. Who is a favorite personal brand of yours, an individual and, and, and why? I really like my, my, so, okay. So I, I like Wes Watson a lot. A lot of people don't know about him yet. He's up and coming. He is my coach actually. And he, so he went to prison for like 10 years. He came out within five years. He's making multiple tens of millions of dollars a year right now coaching. And he's just a hard dude. So, I mean, his personal brand is all like, no excuses. Do exactly what you're supposed to do every single day. I've been living by that and it's served me very, very well. So, yeah. I have to check him, check him out. I, I like yeah. something you said earlier. Um, posting or not posting is not a negotiation. It's just don't negotiate with yourself about posting. It's just do it. Just do it. Yeah, just right. remove that process. Love it. What about a favorite business book or podcast? And, and do let people know that you have your own podcast. So point them in that direction. But a, sure. a business book. Business book. Actually, this one's not, not business, but it definitely helps with business for sure. Is The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy is my favorite book of all time. It's li a lot like Atomic Habits, but I just enjoy it better than Atomic Habits for whatever reason. Like I was saying earlier, I just like the way Darren Hardy presents that information better for right. some reason. So that book I probably read three or four times. That's my favorite book and it's done amazing for me. And then the second part of that question, what was the second part again? Favorite podcast. Favorite podcast. I think I'm really liking Alex from Ozzy's The Game right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably my favorite right now. Yeah. I'd yeah. agree. Yeah. Lots of great content there. Yeah. And do you have a new tool or resource that you're enjoying using? New tool or resource I'm enjoying using. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I, I'd have to answer that again with coaching. I, I've always bought like courses and stuff here and there, but I've never actually hired a coach that I have on like a recurring like retainer. I recently did that about five months ago and it has been, yeah, life-changing for me. So I don't think I'll ever go again without ha having a coach. I think it really helps. And maybe not, maybe I don't keep this coach, but maybe I find somebody else and kind of indoctrinate myself into like their world perspective for six months or whatever and just take a little piece of the way everybody sees everything, right? Nice. Okay. I like that. And do you have a, a quote that inspires you or motivates you? Oh, yeah. I've got a bunch. Okay, so here's one. Actually, this one changed my life. So can I swear on here? Yeah, absolutely. A little bit? Okay. Yeah. So I was watching on YouTube. This was like three years ago when I got sober. And I was watching, like, there's like these videos on YouTube where it's like, it's like B-roll with like super inspirational music and quotes and stuff like that. I like, I never watched this content, but for whatever reason, there was like one on my feed and I was watching it at like 10 p.m. one night. And Jordan Peterson comes up with this quote and he says, stop doing all of this stupid shit you know you shouldn't be doing. And then at that he's like, imagine where your life would be if you just stopped doing all the dumb stuff that you know you shouldn't be doing. And at that point, I like sat there and I thought, I'm like, wow, I'm doing a lot of dumb stuff that I know I shouldn't be doing. So I literally just stopped all of it. And then my life took off like this. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Great story. Thank you for sharing that. That's wonderful. Yeah, of Abs course. 
So Connor, how, how can people find out more about you? What's the best place to find you? I, I know you're going to say social media, but let people know where they can. Yeah. So my, my handle's at that agent Kelly on all platforms. So TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, at that agent Kelly. I'm actually starting a coaching program for realtors, mortgage brokers, whoever wants to launch their social media. So if you're interested in that, please feel free to shoot me a DM. But yeah, hop on Instagram, shoot me a DM. I'd love to hear from you. Okay, wonderful. We'll make sure that is all in the show notes. And, and thank you for your insights today. I think, I think what I've really enjoyed, Connor, is that you've brought some, some actionable, practical approaches to this, which I don't think we've had you know, previously on the show where it, it's not the theory, it's just go execute, try it. Keep trying it. Information. Do it. Do it. Do it. So yeah, I, I think that's well, really great. my pleasure, and I, I'm glad to be on, Paul. This was fun, man. Yeah, have a fantastic day. Thank you. Well, was that fantastic? Did it give you some ideas and actions that you can take right now to build your business? So get to it. Thank you for listening, and have a fantastic day.